Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, look, it does work. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Happy Hour podcast. We are... Uh, Getting to dive into week 10, we're going to give you some sit-start recommendations. We're also going to do some mid-season power rankings. If you're wondering where Ricky is, he is currently in Los Angeles at the AFI Film Festival. So if you want to follow him at Ricky Valero underscore on Twitter, he's going to be uh, live dropping the films he's seeing and some of the reviews. He didn't leave us empty-handed. He did offer a few of his bets of the week for those of you that are interested in losing money. We'll have those uh, later on. But for now, I'm I'm hosting today. I'm Matthew Fox. And then... Uh, Fortunately, today I'm joined once again by John. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Matt? Doing pretty good. Can't believe it's mid-November. Can't believe it's week 10. Hard to believe the NFL season's (laughs) only halfway over right now since it goes till the middle of January now. Yeah, I've uh, I've got that. But I've also got, how did we get here so fast? Um. Because it doesn't seem like it's been 10 weeks. Well, and, you know, we're just coming off probably the most riveting NFL game possible last night to get kickstarted for week 10. So, you know, Baltimore, the offensive juggernaut rolling. Oh, wait, I forgot. (laughs) The Dolphins manhandled them. Oh, man. I hope that's, you know, week nine featured a lot of – curious results and you know, i think i said this in our group chat if somebody would have told me that the uh broncos cowboys game would be 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter i would have believed that if they would have told me it would be 30 to nothing in favor of denver i probably would have had you committed um, but that was just <laughs> one of many weird uh Matt, you know weird results last week and thought well surely it's one week well based on last night uh Maybe not. There are some exceptional matchups, which we'll get to in week 10, but that did not give me a great deal of confidence. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the Dolphins looked fantastic on defense. They were bringing, what, seven every single time? Yeah. And, you know, they they were tackling, um, weren't really letting them get big plays. They won the game. I mean, they scored the first touchdown, and then uh, – it was <laughs> I really wish that it would have opened up in the third quarter instead of the fourth because I had the over, but it it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, I saw a lot of people uh, you know, I think what was it, uh, riveting six three at halftime. A lot of people were a little bummed out uh, that they had taken the over wasn't incredibly high either. I think it was only forty three no. points. Forty three was what I got. Yeah, well, you know, it seemed like 
because uh, we had actually, you know, uh, when I was talking to Matt Bruning on Wednesday about it, the, the last time the Ravens played the Dolphins was a couple of years ago. That was kind of Lamar Jackson's huge coming out party. That was, you know, week one. They, they hung, I think it was 48, 50 points. It was See, 53 to 10. Yeah, so it seemed like they were tracking toward something big. Just uh, did not quite get there. <laughs> no. Hey, back, Daniel. Uh, so before we dive into some of the Week 10 preview, we thought uh, since we are at about the midway point in the season uh, that we would do our power rankings. So what we're going to do is give you each of our top three from the AFC and the NFC. So we'll start with the AFC, which might be the weaker conference. John, you want to give your top three? Absolutely. Uh, so... There's not going to be too many people that uh, that disagree with the Titans are the best team in the AFC. Shockingly, yes. Timmy. And you know, without uh, without Derrick Henry, it's not even it's not going to be easy going forward. But I think they'll I think they'll hold on. Um, second, I have the Bills. I mean, I think that was everybody's Super Bowl pick. I know it was yours at the beginning of the year. Um, they're still a really good team. They've just not played that way in some games. And then I've got the New England Patriots. Um, their point differential is huge. They're still coached by Bill Belichick. Defense is playing good. Uh, the schemes are just amazing that they throw out there. Damian Harris has showed up. Um, Mac Jones is being good enough to win. Right now, that's good enough to be third in the AFC. Yeah, and they have a huge game this week with the Browns. It's going to be a very interesting uh, matchup because whoever wins that game really puts themselves there. Both those teams are five and four. Going to put themselves in a good position to make a run. So, you know, when it comes to me for the AFC, it's the Titans uh, at number one right now. And that's probably been the most surprising result. I didn't think – I thought they'd be a playoff team. I thought they'd win their division. I didn't think they'd be great. But they just continuously defy expectations and beat all comers. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. They've swept the Colts. You know, they lose Derrick Henry, go to Los Angeles to face a super team, and you're like, they're going to get waxed. No, they waxed the Rams. I mean, I guess it's time to stop uh, doubting – uh, the Titans at this point in time. Number two is the Bills. Gives me pause. They've had a couple of groaner losses, including last week's uh, subpar effort against the Jaguars. But when you get down to trying to power rank the AFC, I think it's tough because we've seen all these, you know, the AFC West and the AFC North all have uh, every team is above 500, but none of them has exactly been incredible. Um so Buffalo, I still believe in the talent. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick. I'm still hoping that comes to fruition. My third team, I'm still I'm going to stick with the Baltimore Ravens. They really crushed my hopes and dreams last night with a <laughs> incredibly flat performance. But we are consistent. Aside from the Titans, who had that weird loss to the Jets when almost everyone on their team was out with injury. All of the AFC teams, just about the time you want to believe in them, have kind of given up the ghost and had a bad loss. We've seen that a couple times in the NFC, too, um, especially with the Rams. You know, just about the time you're ready to crown them, they, you know, like last week, you know, but maybe that's about Tennessee and not about their competition. But the AFC, 
we've seen all these teams, you know, the Chiefs have struggled mightily. The Chargers have been up and down, clinging to wins. The Raiders just went in and got creamed by the Giants last week. Um, I love the Denver Broncos. I don't believe in the Denver Broncos. You know, we saw Cincinnati seem like they, you know, they were the, had the best record in the AFC for two weeks and then have gotten creamed ever since. It's hard to believe in new to alarm Pittsburgh. So the AFC, you know, I, I, it's easy to pick the Titans at one. And then after that, there's a lot of praying. I think that's involved, uh, which is a little the inverse of the NFC. I'll, I'll lead off on the NFC for me. I'm just, Going out of leave, I'm still saying the Rams are number one just because of that roster and because of what they can do. Um, you know, and they obviously added to that with Odell Beckham. We'll see what that does. I wasn't incredibly high on the signing for fantasy. Uh, it might be okay from an NFL standpoint, but they have a lot of defensive pieces. They've had the experience. I think that's going to make a difference. Two for me is still the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might have to spend some time adjusting his tinfoil hat, but when he's out there, that team's still pretty good. They're still the team that rolled in with no wide receivers and beat Arizona in Arizona on a short week. And then number three for me is Tampa Bay, the defending Super Bowl champions. They've had a lot of injuries. Um, you know, they had a strange loss, I guess, to the Saints right before their bye week, but you know, I think they're still up there. The NFC, I don't know how you feel, but there are if you aside from the Titans, there are five teams in the NFC that I would put over anyone other than Tennessee in the AFC because I still think Dallas is a good team despite last week. And Arizona has the best record in football. I'm not sure I entirely believe in their coaching staff, but uh, what are your top three in the NFC? Uh, the NFC, I've got the Rams one. Um, I almost bumped them down because they signed Odell Beckham, um, but that would have legitimately been my only reason um two i have the bucks um uh, never bet against brady uh that's <laughs> that's what i got there um and it might not be i mean the rams have cooper cup they have robert woods everybody talks about them because they're playing real well the bucks have godwin they've got evans they've got uh, Antonio Brown when he's healthy, they've got uh, Gronk when he's healthy, Brait when he's not. Then they've got Lenny coming out of the backfield, uh, Rojo supporting him. They're just solid in their defense. As long as you don't throw the ball on them, they're pretty much unstoppable. So um, they just have to convince the other team not to throw. Um, and then or, or blitz them out of it, <laughs> right? Right, that too. Um, and then I've got the cards. Um, I am a 49ers fan. So stacking two teams from the NFC West in here, uh, you know, makes me feel better about our record right now. Yeah, and, you know, the Cardinals, it was a tough omission for me. I, I've been impressed with what they've done. And like I said, I think the NFC is a stronger conference overall. Um, it just, I don't know if I a hundred percent believe in their coach and in the clutch, you know, the one really tight, really competitive, really important game we've seen them play so far was that I would say would be that green Bay game. Uh, and it was not, 
they made a lot, there was a lot of self-inflicted wounds and we saw that last year. Um, you know, I think the reason they didn't quite make the playoffs was some self-inflicted wounds. So I, I guess it's, they're more of a position where I need them to prove it. Um, we're going to wrap up this segment by giving uh, our mid-season award frontrunners. We're going to give a NFL MVP, an NFL Rookie of the Year, um, Offensive Rookie of the Year, essentially, and Coach of the Year. Why don't you lead off and give us yours? Okay. Um, so my MVP, Tom Brady. Never bet against Brady. Um, he's uh, lighting it up, and I think there's a voter bias towards him. Um, you know, he's got that Jordan effect, um, where everybody wants to see him do good or they hate him. Uh, there's not really any in between for Brady, uh, rookie of the year, Najee Harris. Um, I mean, do I really need to talk about that? The guy's nuts. Uh, just an amazing pick by the Steelers, uh, coach of the year, Vrabel, um, you know, his team wasn't expected to be where they're at right now. And he's just doing a phenomenal job uh, getting there. And I see him keeping him there. Yeah. Uh, so we have the same coach of the year, uh, Mike Vrabel, because, you know, what they've done, you know, their Achilles heel last year, too, was arguably defense. And I think they've uh, they've improved that in some ways. They did a lot of player turnover and they've made some moves. Um, we have the same rookie of the year, Najee Harris. Um, for It's tough. I, I like what Jamar Chase has done, but the last couple of weeks we've kind of seen him disappear. He's been a little more boom or bust. Um, you know, if there's more consistency, I think he'll make it close. Same with Pitts. We've seen a couple of monster games. Mac Jones quietly having a successful season, but I think Najee Harris has made a huge difference for the Steelers and that Steelers offense. Um, he's going to have a hard time not grabbing it. But for me, MVP, he was my preseason MVP pick, and I'm sticking with it, Matthew Stafford. We have wondered um, what would happen if that guy got on a team with maybe better coaching and better overall players. And we've seen the Rams have been a very good team. A uh, couple of stumbles, you know, last week they didn't have the greatest week against Tennessee, but I think they've been a very solid team. I think we, we both had them atop our, our power rankings and Stafford has made a big difference. You feel differently about the Rams with him there than we did with Jared Goff. And, um, it's been nice as somebody who's thought he, he had talent for a long time to see him uh, doing well. I, I think I picked him to be my MVP last year when I was all in on Detroit. So I'm just going to keep picking him until, damn it, it happens. I've, I've had him for years in fantasy. I love the guy. All right, I'm going to transition to uh, the games of the week. I do this segment uh, every week. I'll give you one out of the early window Sunday, late window Sunday, and then we will look at the night game and Monday night football. I'll give you my thoughts, and then, John, feel free to jump in at the end and let us know what you think. So my morning window game of the week, uh, the early window, the Atlanta Falcons, 4-4, four and four, a feisty 4-4, four and four, coming off an upset win over the Saints, heading to play the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are 6-2. and two. Coming off kind of a really flat performance and a loss, I think they're going to bounce back. If the playoffs started today, the Atlanta Falcons would actually be in the playoffs. So for those thinking this isn't really playoff relevant, suddenly it has become playoff relevant. Both of them have some decent offenses. Curious to see how they 
stack up. The late window game Sunday during the day for me is Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. It looks like we're tracking to get both quarterbacks back. Uh, it looks like Russell Wilson is going to return from that floppy finger incident. Um, the rod that was put in there has been pulled out. Looks like he's going to be back. And Aaron Rodgers, it seems like he's tracking. He can't officially come off the COVID list until Saturday night, which means you're really going to have to be watching on Saturday and Sunday. But it seems like all signs are pointing to them being back after Green Bay lost to the Chiefs last week. And with the Seahawks being three and five in a precarious position, both these teams really need a win uh, to Two stout quarterbacks. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. The Sunday night game has a lot of intrigue for the AFC West. It's the Kansas City Chiefs currently sitting at five and four at the Las Vegas Raiders currently sitting at five and three. It looks like we will probably get our first glimpse of Deshaun Jackson in a Raiders uniform. That's interesting. The Raiders have played the Chiefs incredibly tough the last couple of years, including beating them last year. The Chiefs have been struggling. The Raiders actually have a better record. Everyone in the AFC West has, has five wins. Um, the only difference is that the Raiders and the Chargers have had their bye week, and they're only five and three, or the other two are five and four. So this has massive implications uh, for the playoffs, especially in that division. And finally, Monday night football game. I know that John will be watching this one. The Los Angeles Rams. We know we're probably going to see Von Miller, who they acquired in trade. I doubt we see Odell Beckham Jr., um, but they are heading in to play San Francisco. And you know who's been the number one quarterback in fantasy the last two weeks? That would be Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. For all this crap that we deal in, he is putting up fantasy points. He's Blake Bortling his way to our hearts. Uh, will that continue? This is, in my opinion, make or break for the 49ers. I'll get your opinion here in a minute, John. But I, I think if they can't get a win here and they drop to three and six, given the landscape in the NFC, it's going to be almost impossible to come back to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so you say I'm going to be watching that game. <laughs> three fingers? Oh, man. Uh, that's. Uh, I think it's going to be a massacre. Um and it makes me sad. But maybe Shanahan gets around to actually playing Trey Lance, which would be neat. Um, he's so If the 49ers don't win, do you think we're into Trey Lance? Because they'll be three and six, given the landscape. feels like it's almost impossible to bounce. I mean, it's mathematically they're not out, but it would feel difficult to bounce back to the playoffs. Do you look at Trey Lance and see what you can get? Um, I mean, they have to. Um, if they don't start playing Trey Lance um, soon at the end of the season, they're going to start losing jobs um, because they paid an arm, a leg, and their firstborn child to get the guy. Um, you know, he's supposed to be the future. Uh, Jimmy G is just running out the string until he gets pulled. Uh, he's played good the last two weeks. Um, but I don't, I don't see there's any chance for my Niners to get a, to get a win there. So let me ask you this. Do you think Shanahan could potentially be on the hot, on the hot seat? I was surprised. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when they were in a primetime game, NBC had a graphic that four out of his five years, he's rolled into week five under 500. You, you know, yeah. we think of him as this kind of successful guy. They were in a Super Bowl, but aside from that Super Bowl season, I guess they haven't really had a lot of success. 
Yeah, Shanahan was uh, was obviously a big name hire, uh, similar to another guy, um, Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harbaugh took us, you know, to a Super Bowl. He what, won the NFC, I think, another year. Um, won the NFC by record, uh, not by performance, because they didn't win that uh, NFC championship game. Um, did really well. And then, you know, one bad season, quarterback controversy, he's out the door. Um, I see that, you know, if Shanahan doesn't get Trey Lance under center quick, um, even if he absolutely, you know, doesn't look ready, um, if he looks any kind of ready by the end of the season, which there's, you know, another seven games, then I think Shanahan is okay. Um, You know, it comes into next season. But if he doesn't get Lance on the field, I don't know if he makes it makes it to less next season because he's just he's not putting out a good product right now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. They, you're right. They gave up so much to get him, and that's going to be yeah, that's going to be the big thing. Um, all right. Well, we'll transition away from games of the week to uh, sit starts for week 10. I just realized I forgot to retitle it. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and give us your starts for the week first? Okay. Um, I've got uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, I think that he bounces back this week. He's playing the Falcons. Uh, they're so-so on defense. Um, so... I see him really putting the pedal to the metal on this one um, and making it look like a good win uh, to put the Cowboys back in that, you know, top three uh, perspective. Then I've got um, James Conner. Not the greatest matchup uh, going against the Panthers. They're really good against the run, but – He's been managing to put up decent numbers uh, all season long to good numbers. Like he played real well last week. Um, so, I mean, let's let's roll the dice on him. Uh, see what he can do. He's going to be. I mean, you know, Benjamin's going to get some some work, but Connor is definitely going to be the guy in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, I just I love Deontay Johnson. Uh, he was my all-in guy last year, um, and he hasn't disappointed. Um, and, you know, they're playing the Lions, so there's that. And then at tight end, I have Dawson Knox. Um, you know, he's kind of a fringe guy. Didn't want to go for somebody easy like George Kittle. Um He's got, you know, a reasonable matchup. Uh, the Jets have been playing defense somehow. Um, uh, they, you know, well, they do have Robert Sala, so you know, yeah, think that he was going to rub off eventually. <laughs> yeah, so they're playing good defense. Um, obviously, I don't think the Jets are going to win this game, but the Jets win games, and why not? You know, knock off the number 
Yeah, what do we got him at? Uh, the number two team in the AFC. Uh, you know, why not? The, the season's been crazy. Um, I don't see the Jets winning, but, you know, I think Dawson Knox is going to get some work there. If the Jets and the Patriots win, you really have to start wondering if the Bills can even win their own division because there isn't – there's a half game, I believe, that separates them. The Bills are 5-3 and three for all of what we think about them, you know. Yeah. And the Patriots are 5-4, and four, so, if, you know – you actually could see it end up where it flips and New England goes in front by half a game with six games or so to play. That's uh you know, it seemed like it seemed like Buffalo had it on lock and even though the Patriots haven't been dominant, it is starting to get a little bit closer. Yeah, and you know, I've got the Patriots at uh at my third best team in the AFC. They're in position. Um, they just have to take advantage of Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't really have a run game, which kind of hurts them. Yeah. Um, and the Patriots have that. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, so for my uh, starts this week, I'm going with Russell Wilson. I think he plays um, through the first four weeks of the season when he played complete games. He was QB 10. I think he goes back to being a QB 1. A uh, very important game, uh, and I think he's going to want to come out and give his best. Uh, he's been really committed to kind of getting out there and showing uh, what he has. Number uh, My running back start, I'm going with Dearness Johnson. Um, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton ended up on the COVID list. It's possible they clear. I guess we'll have a real good chance today. And if, if Chubb comes back, this is going to look dumb, but I'm banking on Chubb not playing. Dearness Johnson was RB4 in week seven when he had the job. Uh, and I think they are going to have to lean on him heavily as they're going to play. New England running is the heart of what Cleveland wants to do. He's also showed that he's been a decent pass catcher. So I'm pushing my chips in on Johnson this week. My wide receiver start, I just changed it up. It was going to be Chris Godwin, but I went with Mike Evans because now Chris Godwin is giving me some um, some concerns. He's, I guess he tweaked an ankle last week, and I still think he's going to play, but – you know, I'm going to hedge my bets because it looks like Antonio Brown not going to play. He's still been in a walking boot this week. Rob Gronkowski also looks like he's not going to play. So the bye week didn't magically cure the ailments for those guys. But you know who's for sure going to play is Mike Evans, and especially if Godwin sits. But even if Godwin plays, I thought both Godwin and Evans were going to eat this week. Washington's uh, defensive back end is not what you would call good or maybe even present. Uh, and then my tight end start this week is going to be Pat Fryermuth. Um, he has been red hot. He's tight end 15 overall in the year, but the last three weeks he's tight end four overall. Ben's really looking for him. You know, Juju's not coming back. Claypool feels like more of a big play option. Deontay Johnson is a possession receiver and the guy that he goes to a lot, but Fryermuth is a the guy they're looking for in the red zone. It doesn't take a lot for you to be relevant at tight end. No, I love Fryermuth. I uh, made a sneaky play in one of my dynasty leagues to pull him three weeks ago. So <laughs> I know. he came on just in time. So we're going to transition to sits, and I will uh, lead off here, and then John will give you his sits. My quarterback sit is Jimmy Garoppolo. I did mention that he was QB1 the last two weeks. 
Um, I know that's probably pushing some people to think that he keeps that train going. Not certain that uh, remains the same when they play the Rams. I think if Von Miller can play, they're going to try to bring the heat with Miller and Donald and all the other guys on that front. And he's still going to be throwing against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I do not have him as a top play at the position this week. My running back sit is Adrian Peterson. The guy's incredible. He's a Hall of Famer in waiting if he ever decides to retire. One of the best <laughs> to play the game. I get that he's getting kind of a plum role in Tennessee, and we want to believe in him because he's been magic. Last week, he was only running back 35, and that was thanks to a touchdown that he got at the goal line. You have to hope if you're playing him that he falls into the goal line again, but he is not a top 24 running back option for me. He's got maybe top, he's maybe got RB3 upside, but also that he only ran for 21 yards on 10 carries. Maybe he gets more carries than that. Maybe he gets a little more yardage than that. I just don't think that he is going to roll out there and be 2007 Adrian Peterson for you. Uh, my wide receiver sit is Elijah Moore. I like the talent. I was as excited as anyone to see him break out last week. It looks like Corey Davis might be back this week. They're also playing Buffalo. I need to see more consistency in getting being a focal point of the passing game before I believe that Elijah Moore is there and is a bankable top 24 play every week. And my tight end sit is Noah Fant. I love the talent. Um, his role on Denver has been curious to me. Albert O is back. They seem to be splitting. Teddy actually seems to like dumping it off to Albert O more than um, going to Fant. They also have three receivers they're trying to feed, two running backs they're trying to feed. And, oh, by the way, Denver isn't the most high-volume passing offense in general. So I think Noah Fant's probably a tight end, too. He might have tight end one talent, but I am not convinced he gets up in the top 12. Yeah, um, I love Peterson, but 100% agree with you. I mean, he's no Brady. So, well, it's just hard, you know, because he's probably not going to take a lot of the passing game work. And again, 10 carries for 21 yards, we wouldn't be talking about him at all, uh, except for he fell in the end zone and his team won big, and that ends up vaulting him to closer to eight or nine points. Well, I think uh, I think the Titans are going to give him those goal line carries. Obviously, they brought him in for something, um, and he's going to get work. He's getting familiar with the offense. Uh, he's just I I think that he's going to be a little fatigued this week because he's not used to playing games. You know, he played last week. I don't think he's he's up to snuff, and that's why I don't uh, I don't, wouldn't start him either. But his day will come. Give him time. <laughs> um, well, for my sits, uh, I'm going to start out with Tannehill. Um, I, he manages the game. He does what needs to be done. Uh, he hands the ball off. He, show, he throws those uh, underneath passes. For some reason, he doesn't realize that he has, you know, two all-world receivers out there. Um, and I think that you know, that'll continue this week. Um, I I just don't really like the guy being a top 12 quarterback um, basically ever. Um, we'll go with that. Uh, running back, James Robinson, you know, he's banged up. Um, even if he gets the start, I don't see him getting those, you know, 25 – 
to 30 touches that he does sometimes in that offense. And I just, I don't like that guy either. <laughs> so uh, how could you not believe in the powerhouse Jacksonville offense? Uh, exactly. Um, that's my mistake. Uh, we'll move James Robinson to RB one. Um, now I, if I had Robinson in any of my leagues and had any other options, I don't think I'd start him this week. Uh, wide receiver DJ Moore. Um, Who's throwing him the ball? Is it going to be Darnold? I mean, at this point in time, they might as well just trot Cam out there with well, no Darn- idea of the Darnold's offense. out for four weeks. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, the shoulder. Thing. It's PJ yeah. Walker this week, which makes you less excited. Yes. So, you know, um, PJ Walker, Darnold with a broken shoulder, Cam Newton. Um, also, you know, also at, with a broken shoulder. <laughs> yes. So, who's going to throw the ball? Um, you know, maybe they run some sort of, uh, you know, pitch into the backfield to a receiver or give it to CMC and let him throw. Uh, but I really, I mean, who's going to throw the ball to him? Um, I, I think DJ Moore is an okay talent. Um, I don't think he's exceptional, and I think he falls on his face this game. Uh, tight end, uh, can I go back and pick Kasiki? Um, is that okay? Like, that, you know, that knowing goose what happened, egg had to have oh. savage so many people. If you if you tell me Miami is going to beat Baltimore, I'm thinking, man. Great news for my shares of Mike Gusecki, who seemed like the only bankable fantasy player. Not so fast, says Miami. We don't got to give him the ball. <laughs> no. Well, that's the thing. They threw it to him like 10 times. He just... They threw it to the dirt in and around him 10 times. <laughs> that, that, well, there were a couple that touched his hands. They were just nowhere near where he could catch them. And he's been the reason he's been doing so well is he's been pulling those balls down. Um, you know, no matter who's throwing it to him, he's emerging as a really good tight end option. It's just a matter of <clears throat> who's throwing him the ball. Um, but Kasicki was the easy way out. We know that he, you know, had nothing happen yesterday. I'm going to go with uh, George Kittle. Um, Kittle, Jimmy G has been number one quarterback in the past two weeks. Yay! Uh, They're playing the Rams. Um, Rams are pretty good at defense. Uh, So, I mean, how is Kittle still banged up? How is he going to maintain volume? How is Jimmy G going to throw the ball from his back? Um, I just, I don't see, especially not, you know, a top three tight end. You know, he might sneak into the top 12 uh, with a touchdown. Um, but I don't – I'm not putting any faith in him this week. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting interesting game for sure. Well, it's time to transition to some bets for the week. And even though I don't make bets, Ricky did give me his uh, bets that he likes. So I will uh, 
it's interesting. You know, we had that uh, fun back and forth about the Panthers. Ricky is apparently a Panthers believer, and he's also apparently a Titans believer. So this can be interesting. Ricky's bets that he highlighted, he wants the Panthers over one and a half touchdowns, and he liked the Panthers at plus ten and a half this week. Uh, so he's kind of pushing in on the, the Panthers offense. I had asked him a follow-up question. He said he thinks P.J. Walker is going to play well, which would be interesting because if P.J. Walker looks good, you know, this might be like Cam Newton going to the Panthers, might be like Joe Flacco going to the Jets. Thanks for your interest. The position is filled. Uh, uh, other bets he likes he likes Tannehill over 1.5 touchdown passes so he's squaring off against John's uh, sit sit recommendation there to be fair to be fair Ricky absolutely loves Ryan Tannehill might be his favorite quarterback ever I'm just appreciating that this week his bets are squarely going against you usually I'm the one that incurs uh, this kind of uh, uh, you know face-to-face battle he also likes the titans and saints over 43 points hey it worked out with uh baltimore and miami why couldn't it work out there although i do think that game may have a better chance than last <laughs> uh the other bet that he liked this week he liked the packers money line he uh, likes the packers obviously over the seahawks did you have any bets that you uh wanted to highlight yeah yeah um i've got a few um, I think that the Falcons play well enough uh, to cover nine. Um, After you know, seeing they, the Cowboys get trucked by 30 points by Denver, it's kind of an almost impossible to believe that they're double dig- almost double-digit favorites over anyone this week. Yeah, um, and that's that's what I'm looking at. I mean, I do think Dak bounces back. I'm kind of uh, – you know, wishy-washy on this game, uh, but you can guarantee my money's going to be on the Falcons. They've got an offense that's working. Obviously, it's hurt by Ridley, um, but it's working. Cordero Patterson is the guy anyway. He's the number one target. So, um, you know, I he's a must-start. Uh, but I just don't see the Cowboys going from what they did last week to blowing the Falcons out. Um, Next one, Patriots minus two and a half. So uh, we were talking about how the, the, this Patriots Brown game has so much riding on it. uh, it, You know, with the bills game looped in there. Um, I see the Patriots coming out and just waxing the Browns. Um, I, Baker plays better with no Odell. You know, they've got him out. Uh, Darrenis Johnson's doing well. The Patriots have a really good defense. And Mac Jones is a competent NFL quarterback, which is more than I can say for a lot of teams. So I've got Patriots minus two and a half uh, at home. They typically give you three points, uh, a three-point swing for being at home. So they've got the Browns as a baby favorite. Um, I don't see it happening. Uh, you don't just walk into Patriot in, into Patriots Town and uh, expect to come out unscathed. Um, I've got the Bucks minus ten. Never bet against Tom Brady. Uh, it's just 
it's not something you want to do. Um, Washington, you know, they've got Heineken. Um, I know that's not his name, but that's what I call him because it's funnier. Uh, they got Close Heineken. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's throwing to McLaurin. They might get Logan Thomas back this week. Um, Antonio Gibson's still broken, um, which is sad. Um, and it's just, what is Washington doing that makes you think the Buccaneers won't win by 10 or more? Uh, I go with nothing. And that's another bet that, uh, that I'm definitely going to place. And then I've got the Rams minus four. Um, I would take this at Rams minus 10. I'd probably take it at Rams minus 15. Um, I, <laughs> my Niners are going to get squashed like a bug. Um, and, you know, uh, we're going to be at home, which is that much more embarrassing. But you're going to hear a lot of uh, we want Trey chance tonight. Uh, because they're going to confuse Garoppolo, or not tonight, Monday night. Um, they're going to confuse Garoppolo. Um, he's going to go back to being the Jimmy G that we know. Uh, Rams' defense is going to be amazing. Their offense is going to be amazing as long as Odell doesn't play. Um, and I just, like I said, I'd go minus 15, and they're giving it to me at minus four. You know, what's funny is you sound a little bit the way I felt about Denver going into Dallas last week. So <laughs> in a week where it defies expectations, I can't wait for our uh, our Tuesday morning discussions of a uh, Rams 40, or a 49ers 45-10 to 10 victory and oh, what gosh. that means for our power rankings. <laughs> means no. Jimmy G gets two more years. Yeah. Oh God. That would, that would ruin me. Um, the Niners have no business winning any games for the rest of the year. Uh, they need to, I mean, what do they have a second next year? Uh, they want so it to be as early thing. as I don't possible. know that it behooves them that much to, uh, tank down, right? Because they traded all their first round picks. Uh, they did. Uh, but their team, uh, my my Niners, uh, we suck. Um, you know, it, we've had a ton of injuries, which we somehow always do. Um, but we need depth. So those, if we don't have a second next year, um, then we need that that third rounder to be a high pick, fourth rounder to be a high pick, so on and so forth. Um, conditional, you know, or compens compensatory. Uh, compensatory. That's the word I'm, I'm looking for. Those picks. We need those picks. We need everything we can get um, because Harbaugh's missed a few times. Um, Doesn't this almost feel a little bit like a dynasty team that, you know, in a rookie draft pushed, you know, three years of the future in because they thought they were going to get that player at 103 that they needed that was going to win them a championship? And after finishing, you know, 10th out of 12 teams. They're like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> yes. Basically um, the last decade of the Houston Texans. Well, I mean, I just made you a, a grandfather trade for Antonio Gibson in the offseason when I give up uh, like two or three firsts, something, something absolutely nuts. And I think it was Josh Jacobs in a first. 
Oh, that, and, and that, rugs, which thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, rugs is obviously on my, on my roster. Yeah. Um, I've actually still got him on one team because I'm in first in that league and I missed, you know, five waiver pickups. Um, and there's just nobody else on, on the wire. So he's he's an easy uh, – I just plug him to dump him every week, and hopefully I get rid of him sometime. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for the uh, the football portion of today's show, but we are going to wrap up with uh, Movie Corner. If anybody's out there that has any questions, be, feel free to throw that in. If I see them uh, come up in the next couple of uh, minutes, I will get them up there. Uh, as I mentioned, Ricky is at AFI Fest in Los Angeles this weekend. So you can be following him. Once again, that's at Ricky Valero underscore. He's got a thread going on his account where he's going to be posting every one of the films he sees. He's getting to see uh, quite a few interesting uh, releases. So be be sure to watch for that coverage. He's uh, put on a couple of interesting tweets about Los Angeles. Apparently it's hot there. That was my takeaway from one of his first (laughs) tweets said something about an oven. so, yeah, California is a one place in the country that doesn't really recognize what you might call fall or winter or anything uh, in the neighborhood of seasons. So it's it's a concrete jungle out there. Um, big movies that came out uh, that they may have seen that we saw. Um, I saw the movie Passing that came out on Netflix on Wednesday. It was pretty good. I also watched Clifford the Big Red Dog with my wife. Um, that is about what you would expect. It's streaming for free on Paramount Plus if you have kids and you're looking for something fun to do this weekend. You can jump in right there. Uh, the big one from last week was Eternals. Uh, I'm a big Marvel fan. I went and saw that. I thought it was pretty good. I know you saw that, John. You were not as taken. I wasn't. Um it was, excuse me, it was um, too much going on for too few people. They were trying to introduce uh, a new supergroup of 10 people. Um, they, re- what was it, five of them, maybe six of them actually have a part in the movie. Um, I didn't like the, the battle scenes. The movie was beautiful. They filmed everything on location. Uh, instead of using the marble green screens that they normally do. Uh, film was beautiful. Um, the idea behind it was okay. Um, you know, it all depended on how the movie was made. And I didn't like it. Hated Angelina Jolie's character. Um, you know, they could have done a lot better there. It feels um, like she's hardly present in there, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Um, I want to say the two most famous people walking into that movie were probably Angelina Jolie and Kit Harrington, and um, out of the heroes, the you know five or six that actually have a part out of the ten, um, Angelina Jolie is you know least involved, um, and then um, Kit Harrington. Uh, you know, he's in what the first five minutes of a two and a half hour movie, and then he pops back up at the end for the last two minutes. Like, it's more like you know, ten or fifteen, but it it felt like I mean, just comparing it well, to the bulk of the movie. 
And I will say, if you go see it, you should stay all the way to the end because there's an end credit sequence that gives you an idea of what maybe Kit Harrington will be doing in the future. Um, I was going to ask you about this one. So today is Disney Plus Day. Uh, it's the anniversary of when they launched. So they have added a couple of movies that are open to stream for anyone that just has a base subscription. Jungle Cruise uh, added, um, and that one was a real fun one. But our other Marvel movie that came out uh, in September, Shang-Chi, is now up there available to stream for anyone. Did you get a chance to see that one? Oh, uh, if a Marvel movie comes out, I see it the day before the actual release every single time. Um, loved Shang-Chi. It was, it was a, an old school karate flick with, you know, Marvel overtones. Um, and uh, I thought the dialogue was great. The fight scenes are fantastic. Um, and the plot carried them right along. I mean, 99% of your uh, movie fans are not going to know Shang-Chi. Honestly, I didn't know Shang-Chi ahead of time. Uh, introduces him well, uh, it fits the flow of the movie, and then it just goes nuts from there, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, I liked Eternals more than you, but I still have it probably middle of the pack for Marvel. Shang-Chi was one that really surprised me. Um, I liked it a lot. It's still in my top 10 for the year. So that is streaming free on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the other thing on Disney+, Plus that dropped today, if you were so inclined, a brand new version of Home Alone. Ricky saw it and he reviewed it. So you can find the link on his uh, Twitter. He had a very fun description of what the experience of watching that movie is like. I won't ruin that for you if you haven't seen it. The other big uh, release this week is uh, Belfast Opens Nationwide. Ricky has seen it. Uh, you can find a link on his site. I'm going this weekend. Uh, very excited to see that potential best picture nominee. But uh, I yeah. went and saw, um, I don't know if you guys talked about this previously, Adam's Family 2. Okay. Um, uh, it was, uh, I took my daughter, we watched the first one, you know, Halloween time. And then um, I got tickets to see the second one a little bit after Halloween. Uh, it was fun. Uh, I think it was better than the first one. Um, I like the first one. I've seen it on stream. I just haven't got it. Yeah. There's a lot of prestige uh, ones that I've been trying to wedge in. Oh, you know, between that and football games and trying to remain married, it's uh, stretching. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I spoil my kiddo. So uh, she's actually also my Marvel date. Um, we, we go see them all together. Um, and Adam's family too. I recommend it if you have kids. I mean, it's fun. Watch the first one first. Um, and then, you know, jump into the second one and you'll, you know, you'll laugh while the movie's on. Oh, and Charlie's there and Oscar Isaac among the voice cast. So they, they went, uh, they went all out. But definitely uh, exciting, some of those things. And there are some great games this week, or potentially great games on paper. Let's hope they actually turn into be uh, great games. Last week, 
not only surprising results, but a lot of blowouts. Uh, last night did not get us off to a good start, but hopefully the rest of week 10 will be a little bit better. Um, I look forward to capturing your thoughts after Jimmy Garoppolo throws for 500 yards and George Kittle goes for 300, three bills and three touchdowns as the 49ers decimate the the Rams. Oh, gosh. That's, that's the way the NFL is tracking right now. That's Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't check. There was – uh, it's very possible that um, the highest scorer in the game last night was the Dolphins' defense. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think it probably was. There was no great uh, individual offensive performances, even among Miami. It might be actually Miami's kicker, because didn't he make like six he, field goals? He had he had quite a few. I think Jason Sanders was probably your fantasy MVP from last night. Um, Miami's D had 17 points. Uh, Mark Andrews had 18.3. So, oh yeah, Andrews Andrews delivered uh, quietly. Uh, let me see. It was like scoring lead game leaders. Oh, I thought Miami's. Kicker would have done more. Maybe it's because I don't have kicker scoring in this. Uh, Sanders Sanders only had three, and um, they thirty one was his longest. So yeah. you know he got nine points. Just letting everybody down. Letting yeah. everybody down. I thought he had more. I didn't realize. One, two, three. Oh yeah, because uh, I forgot they had their defensive touchdown. Yeah, they had the oh. defensive touchdown. They went for two and and you know missed that, so he only got what two extra points. So that's eleven. You can't see it if you're just listening to audio, but that was a riveting moment as we both looked at our phones to relook up the stats <laughs> of a game that was an atrocity to watch. Oh yeah, but it was. With that, we will uh, wrap up for the week. Uh, John, thanks for being here. Tell us uh, where people can find you and what they can look out for you next. Um, I'm at iHeartCaravans um, on the the Music City Drive-In um, Twitter feed. I am iHeartCaravans on Twitter. I'm iHeartCaravans on U Stadium Fantasy Life app. Um, probably other places too. Um, but if you want to, you know, any kind of advice or just a chat, uh, reach out to me at iHeartCaravans on Twitter. Yep. And, uh, you write a great column for us, news or noise most weeks and, uh, <laughs> should be, should be coming out, uh, look at the next couple of weeks. Yes. Working on it yeah. today. I'm sure there will be jokes, maybe some praise of Tom Brady. Uh, oh gosh. You know, you have to throw something in about Brady because uh, you can't bet I've against. I've seen many of your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr., so I can't wait for. Oh, it's it doesn't rhyme as well as Juju is doo doo, but you know, I've I'm actually further against Odell. Um, you know, I'll come up with something catchy. You, you feel about as strongly about him as Ricky does about Tannehill, so uh, maybe stronger, um, <laughs> maybe. 
All right. Well, and you can follow me at Nighthawk7734. I have stuff that publishes almost every day. Today, I should have a recap of the latest issue, uh, latest episode of the morning show this afternoon, and also the Friday Five, where I look at the five games from the Sunday slate that I'm most excited to see, uh, which should not turn out well for me last week. We'll see if we do better this week. They were not what you call competitive. But for now, take it easy and enjoy week 10. See you guys later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.